Gracious Heavenly Father, your word is our delight because you are delighted with us and you spoke to us, not just powerfully as the Lord of the universe, but lovingly as our Father. Just as a child loves to hear the tender voice of his or her father, we long to hear your words every day. Speak to our hearts and strengthen our spirit so that we can serve you with joy and confidence today. In the name of Jesus, the most loving and eternal word of God, we pray. Amen. So let's finish uh, uh, yesterday's passage. Second uh, Timothy, once again, we'll read uh, chapter 3, verse 16 and 17. All scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness, so that servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. We've been reflecting on the three essential truths about the Bible. Yesterday, we learned about the authorship of the Bible. God spoke his truth through the words of human authors who experienced and witnessed his power and love. God dynamically used the imperfect human instrument to convey his perfect truth to imperfect human recipient. You know, there are some Christians who try to make a Bible uh, a perfect book, a magical book, or you know, so-called, you know, book without error. You know the term inerrancy or, or you know, no error? That is, uh, you know, impossible in the human realm. We are not perfect beings, and the no human language or method, communication method, is perfect. So anyone who's tried to make a Bible is a perfect, whatever, you know, magical book on its own, They've, they've, they, they, their, their theology is really, really is shallow. And actually, it is a compromise with a modern scientific mindset. Bible is a God's word. That is authority because God speaks through it. And God is a master communicator who knows how to use an imperfect medium in the perfect way. Even the factual discrepancies and literal differences cannot discredit the truthfulness of the Bible. Actually, on the contrary, they demonstrate the truthfulness of God's word. All right, today we will look at the second essential truth and third essential truth. Second, the aim of the Bible is to teach, rebuke, correct, and train us in righteousness. The actual Greek text is, all scripture is a useful for instruction, for conviction, for correction, and for training righteousness. The word for rebuke actually means conviction. That's the, uh, that's the word uh, 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 elekmon. And the Hebrew, that's the same word in Hebrew 11.1, 1, the faith is assurance of things that we hope for, and then conviction of things not seen. That's the same word, the conviction. Many New Testament scholars couple and divide the fourfold function of the Bible into two sets. The first set is instruction and conviction. This first set of instruction and conviction speak about the creed or our uh, theological confession or doctrine. 
The second set is a correction and training in righteousness, which is about conduct and devotion. Bible aims both our heads and our heart. By the way, New Testament scholars think that instruction here meant a basic central doctrinal confession to early Christians, such as something like Apostles' Creed. The Bible is too big for the majority of Christians, let alone the illiterate people, to digest. That's why the early Christians developed an essentially uh, by essential biblical summary, and that's Apostles' Creed. And by the way, the common method of learning for most Christians in the first 1,500 years was a memorization. Compared to that, today we have so many tools to learn about the Bible. I think never in human history, we had an oversupply of Bible studies and books and sermons on TV and radio, internet, and the podcast. But somehow, the spiritual uh, malnourishment is still a challenge. Why? Because we are, our desire, spiritual desires are weak, or sometimes we just you know, take it very selectively or minimally. Anyway, Bible aims at the transformation of our mind and our bodily life. There is no separation between theology and ethics. There's no separation between doctrines and devotions. No separation between confessions and conduct. In the early church's father's writing, you always find the condemnation of our heresy or heretics is always both intellectual and ethical. Heretics were bad, not only in their theology, but also in their conduct. But today, we have uh, some Christian heretics, such as Mormons, who have a better, better moral, reputa- moral reputation than evangelical Christians. You have to recognize that that's an anomaly that, make that, that turns our early church fathers in their grave. The Bible is for personal transformation because, once again, it's a personal book. Don't ever forget, this is a personal letter from God to us. Just like a, a mother's letter or father's letter to child is a personal, Bible is written by our Heavenly Father for benefit of every one of us. The aim of the Bible is a transforming its reader. And that's why Soren Kierkegaard, famous Danish philosopher, Christian philosopher, said this, when you read God's word, you must constantly be saying to yourself, it's talking to me, it's talking about me. Kierkegaard is absolutely right. Bible is talking to me and talking about me. Even when he's talking about the most despicable sinner in, the, in, in whatever that the story, it is still talking to me and about me. That's the number one Principle of a biblical hermeneutics, or the number one principle to interpret the Bible. That's what we are learning in our Good Shepherd College. When the Holy Spirit really illuminates our mind about the God's Word, we realize that God is not speaking about somebody else like a Samaritan woman or Nicodemus or what 38 years of paralytic. It's all about me and us. Mark Twain also said this, 
Most people are bothered by those passages of the Bible they do not understand. But the passages that bother me really are those that I do understand. He is absolutely right. It is a very good thing to be bothered by the Bible. Because that means the Holy Spirit, the author behind the human authors, is speaking to us and engaging us. I pray that in our daily breath, we are instructed, convicted, and corrected, and trained in righteousness. I pray that everyone in forests is bothered by God's word every day and every Sunday. The third essential truth about Bible is authentication. The verse 17, so that servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. God spoke His love and truth to us so that we can bring out His good works in the world. God is still creating in our world through His Word, just as He did in Genesis 1. Now God creates good things through us by His Word. In another word, God created good things through His Word in our heart, and in our body. This is why Billy Graham said this, We are the Bible that world needs. We are the creeds that world, uh, we are the Bible that world reads. And we are the creeds that uh, the world needs. And we are the sermons that the world hears. We are the effectual instrument of God to demonstrate to the world that God's word is continually alive and powerfully active, that it penetrates every thought and every practice in human society, and, uh, it, and does a surgery of a social reform, and the individual transformation and repentance, and even institutional revolution for justice and peace in the world. In other words, God sent his eternal word Jesus to the world. And God is sending us his new living words to our world today. As Jesus is the incarnate word of God, the Holy Spirit who indwells us is making us to continue the incarnation of God's word in our life. People either authenticate God's words because of us or they will discard God's word because of us. You and I are the Bible to the world. We, through us, people will know the authority of God's word. Let me repeat that. Through children of God, people will come to know whether Bible is a, the, 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 the Bible is really word of God. Word of not just any God, but good, great, kind God. Our good work, brothers and sisters, matters more than anybody's good work because we are doing our good work because of God's word in us, because our Holy Spirit convicts us through God's word. Let me tell you again, there is no growing and glorifying Christian life apart from God's word, God's word and our obedience to it through good work. When we do every good work, we reveal 
God is still speaking to the world, and God is still creating in this world. Let us speak God's Bible today. Let's pray. Gracious Heavenly Father, we praise you and thank you for that you spoke to us, and you still speak to us. Your words are the most powerful, most creative, most healing, and everlasting. We are grateful for its instruction and conviction and correction and training. Make each one of us a living word of God and bless us to bring your light and truth to our part of the world through our obedience. Make us a living Bible for the glory of Jesus Christ, the word of God who became a flesh and dwelt among us. We pray. Amen.